0: Amen. Him and Abigail are such a blessing to the church. I appreciate you guys in worship and ministry. Amen. You guys are a power couple for Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Wow. Such a wonderful day the Lord has made. Amen. And uh, before I begin, I want to thank Pastor Dave, Mama Jeannie, Pastor Randon, and the whole leadership of this church and everyone such an opportunity given unto me for b- to be a vessel through whom God can use to bless. Hallelujah, somebody. And it's my prayer that by the time we are done this evening, you would have experienced and encountered the power of God. Amen. Wow. Wow. I loved the song. Um Karen, can you play it in that same key, in the key? That is A, right? That song, You're Beautiful. I mean, the song just got into me while I was playing the drums, and I felt I could I wish I could play it over and over and over over again. And I had been playing this song, but tonight I heard it in a different way, especially the last part, which says that, I see your face, you're beautiful, you're beautiful, you're beautiful, my God. I see your face you're beautiful just sing it with me you're beautiful Rabadesha yadaha you're beautiful mm-hmm. I see your face you beautiful such an atmosphere precious holy Spirit you're beautiful just sing it just sing it you're beautiful this is for those who are craving to see the face of God I see your face you're beautiful you're beautiful you're beautiful this song is just beautiful Yandula basha dilakura badesha dilakura baha Oh oh Ikadila kura bila kundili vadojadavahaya Oh 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 Kundara baha sayah I just love it I see your face I just love to sing it You're beautiful I wish I could sing it forever You're beautiful how beautiful is it to see his face? You're beautiful. I see your face. I see your face. You're beautiful. Hey, you're beautiful. You're beautiful. Ya I see your face. Just declare it over your life. Oh Rabeda Doja Oh, rabadesa, dihalos kapaha. Oh, what an atmosphere! For the last time, I see your face. Likura badassa, yedakura ba. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You're so beautiful. Mados kapada ba. Oh, mo rabada ba dabaha. Hmm, makura shada. I love the atmosphere here. And I would encourage everybody not to take this atmosphere for granted. Because these are atmospheres so saturated with the blessings of God. So saturated with answers. It's a time that God want to commune. God want to have an encounter with people. He want to reveal Himself to us like never before whilst I'm speaking, God has been laying it upon my heart that there are people who want to see Him face to face. Some of us have heard testimonies of, about people who had an opportunity to see the face of Jesus even in their rooms. But then whilst, we were, whilst the song was going on I, God just whispered into my spirit that it said, it's time for an encounter with my people. And God is about to reveal His face to you. For you to see how beautiful He is. And when you enter that realm, you will never want to come out. And then you agree with David and say that one thing have I sought and one thing have I desired is to be in the presence of the Lord. What an atmosphere. In the book of 2 Kings, chapter 2, verse 1, Brandesa. I don't know how the Holy Ghost would take me today, but just flow with me. Amen. And it came to pass when the Lord was about to take up Elijah into the heaven by a whirlwind that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. Then Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Bethel. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went to Bethel, that is the house of the Lord. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? And he said, Yes, I know. Keep silent. Then Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. Now the sons of the prophets were there at Jericho. Who were there at Jericho came to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that the Lord will take you, will take away your master from over you today? So he answered, Yes, I know. Keep silent. Ah. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, please. For the Lord has sent me unto Jordan. But he said, As the Lord lives, and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on and 50 men of the sons of the prophets went and stood face stood facing them at distance while the two of them stood by the jordan now elijah took his mantle rolled it up and struck the water and it was divided this way and that so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground and it was so when they had crossed over that elijah said to elisha ah, ask what may i do for you before i am taken away from you <laughs> elisha said please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me so he said you have asked you have asked a hard thing nonetheless if you see me when i am taken from you it shall be so for you but if not it shall not be so then it happened as they continued on and talked, that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire, and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by whirlwind into the heaven, and Elisha saw it, and he cried out, "My father, my father!" The chariots of Israel and the horsemen. So he saw him no more, and he took hold of his own clothes and tore them into two pieces. He also took up the mantle of elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood by the banks of jordan today god has laid something on my heart to share with you mantles mantle and i pray that god in his own way would make it very clear to you but then i want to talk about a man before i will talk about the mantle i want to talk about a man called elijah elijah's name was first mentioned in the book of 1 kings chapter 17. When Elijah just came, he just appeared. We don't know his, I mean, how he was born or anything. Like Melchizedek, we don't know his history, but all that we know is that he appeared. And when he came, he was a voice to the people of Israel. Because by then they had gone astray. They were led astray. They were going the wrong path. And this was a man God used tremendously and God used mightily. The Bible says that immediately he appeared, he spoke and would I say he cursed them and said that for three years there will be no rain. There will be no water. There will be famine. Because these people worship Baal. And you know Baal is the god of fertility and rain. So when he cursed them that it will rain no more and there will be, there will be famine. What he was trying to say was that your Baal is not competent enough. he's not capable to save you except one person. Therefore, I'm locking up the heavens and I'm shutting the earth, that the earth will give birth, will give forth no more fruit, and the, and the heavens will give, will give no rain. And it was so. It got to a time when this man said that the Bible says that God sent ravens and they fed this man for three years. This man was carrying a serious anointing and fast forwarding. The Bible says that then God told him to go to a widow when he went there the widow had issues in fact there was no food the widow had something very small and the Bible says that when he went and he told the widow to give him food the widow said I don't have said don't worry what you have just bring and it will run not it will not run dry again and it's never then the son of the widow died and Elijah laid on him three times and life came into that man, and he lived. I just want to give you his credentials. Then the Bible talks about the chapter, the chapter 19, when now Elijah came and faced Ahab and said that now I am ready. And now he told him that they should bring the 400 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets. Of the other God that they were serving. And he said that they should set an altar and they should perform the miracles and let us see what will happen. So the Bible said that 400 and 450, making what? 850 prophets. None of them was from God. But all of them were from Baal and the other gods that they were worshipping. They came. They started doing all that they could. From morning till evening, nothing happened. This man just came. He erected the altar once again and even poured water on the meat and everything. And he called upon the name of Jesus. And it was so. It consumed everything. In, in fact, the Bible says that it even consumed the waters that was poured inside. And none, such, none of such had happened before. So the people saw it and gave glory unto God. Because the purpose for a prophet at those times was to be an oracle that God would use to speak to his people. They were people who reflected God to their people. They were like an image that reflected the image of God to the people. So if God wanted to speak to his people for them to turn away from their wicked ways, if God wanted to correct them or God wanted to bring them on the right path, he would use prophets. And Elijah was one of the mighty prophets to ever exist. But in the verse 19, the Bible says that now Elijah ran ran away because he heard that a woman called Jezebel was about to kill him, and he thought that he was the only prophet left you know that's the deception of the devil hallelujah somebody and the devil always want to deceive us to make us feel like we are the ones left alone there are no one else you know he always want to bring us to a point of isolation he I, he want us to feel so isolated so that we will feel like there is no one else that we could count on that we could share with that we could fellowship with that we will feel like oh it is too late for us even those people are gone how much more us so whilst praying God spoke to him and in the chapter 19 the verse 19 the bible talks about a man who appeared and his name was called Elisha god spoke to him so he departed from there and found Elisha the son of Shaphat who was plowing with 12 yokes of oxen before him and he was with the 20 he was with the 12 then Elijah passed by him and threw his mantle on him and he left the oxen And ran to Elijah and said, please, let me kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow you. And he said to him, go. So this was the man, Elisha, who started working with Elijah. This man served Elijah faithfully. Elisha was a very faithful servant. He was a a person who allowed himself to be schooled. According to theologians, some are saying that Elisha was even older than Elijah, which I haven't done a lot of research into. But then, you could realize that this man was also from a worthy family. He was very rich. But yet still, with all that he had, he submitted himself and served under Elijah. Till it was time for this man to be taken away. And when the time was due for this man to be taken away, that was what we experienced in 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 1, coming down to verse 13. So the question is, what is a mantle? Because... The, the focus of the chapter two of two kings was the transfer of a mantle to another person. Was the transfer of a mantle to another person? You know, in those times, in the olden times, prophets were identified with a particular mantle. The mantle was a long cloth, a long cloak that they wore. It covered from their shoulders downwards, and it was. A way to identify them that these are prophets. And it wasn't the first time that mantle or clock was mentioned. In fact, Samuel wore it. In the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 28, verse 14. 1 Samuel, chapter 28, verse 14. The Bible says, so he said to her, what is his form? And he said, an old man is coming up and he is covered with a mantle. And so perceived that it was Samuel. 2 Kings, chapter 1, verse 8. 2 Kings, chapter 1, verse 8. Zadok the priest. So, 2 Kings, 2 Kings. 2 Kings, chapter 1, verse 8. Okay. So they answered him, a hairy man wearing a leather belt around his waist around his waist and he said it is Elijah the Tishbet so that cloth that they wore was hairy it was a long cloth and they wore it and it identified them and what does this mantle mean one the mantle is symbolic of their calling so anybody who wore that mantle was identified as a prophet immediately you saw them with such a clock you could easily say when you see them with such a mantle you could easily say that this person is a prophet like you enter this room and you immediately see someone with i mean with a clerical within the shed obviously you know that this person is a reverend minister and that was how it was when someone wore that kind of clock yes there were there were clocks that others were wearing but there were some particular kind of mantles that certain people wore and it identified them as prophets so first and foremost the mantle was a sign of the calling upon a person as a prophet secondly the mantle was an indication of a person's authority the mantle was an indication of a person's authority and a person's responsibility so when you, when you get to 2 Kings chapter 2, the Bible says that when they got to Jordan, what did he do? He took his cloak, he took his mantle, and he hit the edge of the Jordan with his mantle. And all of a sudden, the Jordan parted into two. One at one side, one at the other side, and they walked through. It was a sign of their power. It was a sign of the authority that they had. It was a sign of their responsibility. So whenever a man carried his cloak, that person or whenever a man carried his mantle, that man carried his office that he was working with. And that office came along with certain anointing, with certain power that was peculiar with that particular office that no one could function in. So that is the reason why when Elijah got to Elisha, what he did was that he picked his clock, he picked his mantle, and he threw it on Elisha. At that time, Elisha understood. What What did he understand? He understood that this man is about to transfer his mantle to me. This man is about to transfer his grace unto me. This man is about to transfer his authority, his power unto me. So what did he do? All of a sudden he left. Because realize that now there is a call upon my life. And I must respond. When the woman who was the widow saw Elijah. She knew that he was a prophet. Because Elijah Elijah was wearing a cloak Or a mantle. And that was what the prophets would wear. So when he called. And he followed. He understood the rules of engagement. So he said let me go. And kiss my family goodbye before I go. Because he knew the challenge that laid ahead. Because, beloved, let me tell you, in the the old times, when a person was called a prophet, it wasn't that lovely like the way we see it now. In those times, like Isaiah, God told him, strip yourself naked and walk around the town for 40 days, 40 nights. Who would want to do that? Walk naked with all everything on it, walking around and declaring. And a man like Ezekiel... He was asked to shave his hair Tie one on one side, tie one on another side Sometimes God will ask him Make a hole in your wall Like his life was just some way A man like Jeremiah He would speak the word of God And they will catch him, they will beat him To the point that he's close to death And they will leave him So one day he said, that, oh God, why me? Ask for me, all the messages you give me when I speak At the end, I am being punished And I am being beaten Therefore he started even cursing the day he was born Beloved, let me tell you, so those times, it wasn't such a lovely thing as we see now, when someone is a prophet, the person is wearing a nice suit, a nice shirt and everything, and the person, every every young person wants to be a prophet nowadays. But in those times, it was a serious call. It was a call that when you receive, you know that it is a call for life and death. It was a call that isolated you and pulled you from among your peers and from among your family. It was a call that positioned you in a different pedestal that was different from what others were doing. And that was what Elisha saw that he had received from Elijah. But then, when he he threw it on him and he followed him, he hadn't yet received the mantle. So tonight, I want to talk about how... To receive the mantle, beloved, I want to tell you something. Something is going on. God has endowed men with gifts, God has endowed men with graces, God has endowed men with power. Beloved, let me tell you something. These things can be transferred. A mantle is a transfer of authority or power onto a person. Yes, they say that even the mantle is symbolic of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost, the Bible says that when the Holy Ghost came upon them, they received power. When Peter went to visit Cornelius, right? And he prayed for them and he laid his hands on them they started speaking in tongues beloved let me tell you something the mantle which is a sign of a person's authority when god gives a person an office and gives a person a power he doesn't just take that office or that power away he wants it to be transferred from generation to generation onto generation, on generation but beloved You can walk around with somebody who has power, who has grace, who is endowed with so much authority, but you may end up receiving nothing from that person. You may end up receiving nothing from that person, but then there are other people who work with such people, and at the end, when the person leaves, you see the person's life and you're like, ah! This person has walked with this person because I see a certain grace rubbed upon this man. I see a certain grace rubbed upon this woman because the way he behaved, the way she behaves is kind of similar to a man I met before. Let me use a man like Kenneth Hagan. Kenneth Hagan had a lot of followers, a lot of people were with him. But not everybody who received an impartation from him. And was able to walk in the realm and in the dimension that he was walking in. But then, Kenneth Hagan had people, he had laid his hands on them. People he had transferred mantles onto them. That when he left, they, were, they continued and they even did greater things than what he did. And I'm not here to exalt a man. But I'm here to talk about a God who gives men gifts and is transferred onto other men. But I want to tell you that it is something that you don't just sit down, do nothing and you expect to receive because God has endowed men with gifts men are living people, great people are living people who have worked great things miraculous signs and wonders people have done things that blows the mind of people have existed before and they are living but what God was telling me was that the youth and the young people of today, we are missing it because we don't understand certain rules of engagement until so we get to understand those rules of engagement these people will live and go like the way Elijah died and went to the grave with the grace upon his life. To the point that even his bones were raising the dead. Elijah worked with someone else. But the person did not receive of him. Actually what the person received was a curse. But then Elisha also worked with a man called Elijah. But then when the man left. Elisha received a double portion of what was upon the man's life. He didn't receive a double portion of just anything. But a double portion of the man's spirit. Grace they all yield upon the man's life but how did he do it first he knew his call beloved you must know your call if you are walking on the surface of the, if you're a child of God and you don't know the call of God upon your life you end up doing everything and at the end you receive nothing beloved it's not just enough coming to the church and warming the pews beloved it's not just enough sitting in your sitting in your home and praying but then you must recognize the call of god upon your life when god called you what did he tell you when god called you what did he speak to you because if i pick a phone and i call somebody i will say something i don't pick a phone and become mute on the on the phone saying nothing then there was no essence for me to call that person Whenever I call a person, I say. So when, when God called you unto himself, when you became born again again, and were baptized with the Holy Ghost, he gave you a call. He spoke to you. But most often, we don't have time to hear what God is telling us. The first thing he recognized was that he recognized his call. So when the clock was, when the mantle was placed over him, he caught it and said that, I am leaving. So he left his family. He left everybody and he followed are you ready to follow the call of god upon your life are you ready to let go of everything and fully dedicate yourself unto god you beloved if you're not ready to go through the suffering never expect a glorification because until you are ready to set apart and lay aside everything that is you and take on everything that is god you are not ready to lead another generation i want to run I want to just rush to it. Two, he knew what service was all about. This man was old. This man was rich. Yet still, he put aside his pride. And he served. Some of us know our call. But we are too proud to serve in the house of the Lord. We are too proud to serve under our ministers. We are too proud to fully dedicate ourselves to the cause of God. We are just excited about the name that is upon us. Oh yes, you are an apostle. Oh yes, you are a prophet. Oh yes, you are an evangelist. But what are you doing towards the call upon, of, of God upon your life? What are you doing? How much are you serving? If you are too big to serve, you are too weak to lead. If you are too big to serve, you are too weak and you are too small to lead. And that is what the generation of today we are missing. We don't like service. We have so much time for ourselves. We have so much time for our families. But we don't have any time for the call of God upon our lives. A lot of us are struggling in life because we think that we can seek other things first and seek God second. But beloved, can I give you a shortcut? Seek God first and His righteousness. And all other things that you are looking for shall be added unto you. This man, Elisha recognize his call he knew he served and three he knew what he wanted to receive from the man beloved that is why when you come to the house of god you must come with an expectation some people come to the house of god with no expectation oh i was born in the church i was bred in the church so i just come to the church why are you coming to church i'm just coming to church because i need to come to church it is sunday it is wednesday Oh, it is good. Come. But beloved, come with an expectation because the Bible says that for the expectation of the righteous will not be cut short. But what if you come to the church of God without an expectation? What will even not be cut short? Come into the presence of God And you must come with an expectation If you receive calls and you begin to serve Then you must know what you want from God I want to know God more I want to receive more anointing from God I want to serve God more I want to fully dedicate myself unto Him Whenever I come into the house of God I want to experience Him like never before When I'm singing, when I'm playing guitar When I'm playing drums, when I'm preaching I am seeking the face of God I want to know him more Because the more you know him The more you want to know him more I want to receive something Because another God has called me to be the light of the world He hasn't called me just to hide But he has called me to radiate his light to the universe He he has called me ordained me and asked me to go into the world Minister grace unto men That men can come to see the light I yearn more of God I want to see his face So whenever I am in his presence I want more of him You have an expectation. This man said... Immediately he was asked. He said, I want a double portion of your grace. He didn't say, oh, give me two minutes. Let me go and think about it. I'll come and join you. Oh, you give me one day. You've asked a very deep question. Because actually, when you read, the Bible says that immediately they crossed the Jordan and he asked him, I don't know whether it was the same day or the next day. But the Bible doesn't record whether it was the next day or so. But then Elijah was taken. So assuming that Elijah wanted a day to go and think about it and Elijah was taken away would he have received it you come to the house of God with an expectation and you must know what you want you shouldn't be ignorant of anything because if you don't know what you want then you are not ready to grow you are not ready to receive of anything <clears throat> you are not ready to go deeper in him Determination. When you read from the verse 1 to verse 13, realize that countless times, Elijah said, go away. A lot of young people, merely you approach a man of God, that you think that that man carries grace, carries anointing, that I can tap or I can learn of him and receive grace from him. You get close and the person is not giving you attention. You're like, oh, let me just go and sleep. You don't know what you want. You don't want to receive anything because this man though elijah gave him the clock though elijah showed him that he had the call of god upon his life but when it was time for elijah to go elijah said stay here and let me go but i said that "Ha, me i'm not staying anywhere where you go i will go can we get a generation that are very wise. And they crave and yearn more of God. And say Lord, wherever you are, there will I be. A man of God that you've blessed and you've led me to them. Father Lord, I will make sure that I will humble myself and learn from them. And I will be determined to receive of them. Without determination, beloved, you cannot pursue and get. When you are running, sometimes you run and run and sometimes you get tired. But what pushes you more is the fact that there is... A finishing line. Beloved, if you're not ready to pursue, if you're not determined to receive, to pursue, then you're not ready to receive. When they got to Bethel, Elijah said, don't follow me. He said, I'll go. When they got to Jericho, Elijah said, stay here. He said, I will go. When they got to Jericho, Elijah said, stay here. He said, no, I will go. If you like even kill, I will follow you. I will follow you wherever you go. This man was so determined. In our generation, if you're not determined, if you're not ready and determined to receive, you'll not receive anything. Because there are some people, they know that your, the oil that you need is with them. God has ordained them to give them to you. But then, they won't let you have it lightly. They will let you go through the process to see whether you are ready to handle the grace or the anointing that you are looking for. There were six, the number six point that I wrote. Ignoring things, that could be an impediment. So when others were saying, don't follow. Oh, this man, do you know that he's about to die? He said, like, oh yes, I know, but shut up. Beloved, there are times you need to shut some people Yes, some people need to be shut up around you. Because they are impediment to your progress in ministry. They are impediment to you receiving certain oil, certain anointing, certain mantle from God. Whenever you are with them, the things they say, the things they do, are not things that will help you to grow in ministry. Such people, whenever you are with them, they are talking about people, talking about this, backbiting about this, criticizing about this. Hi, focus on what you want. Let them say... But then, not this, let all men be liars and let God be true. Unless you don't know who has called you. He was determined. He didn't listen to those around him. You know, a lot of people are dragging now because of the company that they have. A lot of people are dragging now because of the circumstances around them. A lot of people have missed so much. So many oils, so many graces, so many anointings, so many mantles They've missed certain power or authority that was supposed to be transferred onto them because of the people they listen to and the circumstances surrounding their lives. Beloved, if you walk with that kind of mindset, you would always miss great things. Being alert and watchful. So Elijah said, okay, you've asked a great question. You've asked a very hard thing. But as you see me go... As you see me, go. It is only when you see me. So what God was trying to communicate to me was that we should be alert. Our eyes should be continually fixed on him. Without your eyes being fixed on him, you will always miss it. Because when your eyes are not fixed on God, your attention and your focus is on other things. And all those things will drag you down. And that's what the devil does. The devil always want to bring certain things around you. That will make you feel like, ah, I don't think I can pursue. Oh, I don't think I can go. Oh, I don't think, let me go and sleep a little. So people are sleeping while they're supposed to be awake and alert. That's why the Bible says, wake up, oh sleeper. You know, he said, arise and shine, for your light has come. The time for you to be glorified, the time for God to glorify himself through you has come. But people are sleeping. People are not alert. People are. Are focusing on other things than gazing their focus and their eyes on God and being focused on what they want. If we learn these principles, mantles shall be released unto us. The last thing I want to talk about is take up the mantle. Yes, you want the mantle, you've gone through all these things, but some people, when the clock or when the mantle falls, they're not ready to pick it up. Oh God, I, 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 I want the anointing of God. God, I want a prophetic grace. God, I want a healing grace that is upon this man. God, I want, oh yes, I see Pastor Dave. He's a great teacher and a serious apostle. God, I want that grace upon his life, even a double portion. But when the time is due for you to take it up, Oh, I don't think I'm ready. Let it be there. Maybe later. We must take it up. We must take up the mantle. Mantles have fallen, but people are not taking them up. Great mantles have fallen, but people are not taking them up. But tonight, if you will learn to take up the mantles like the way Elisha did, then we can turn back and part the Jordan into two again, and then go and do great things for the Lord. Today I just came to tell you these few things, because that what God laid on my heart: Mantles, Mantles, signs of authority. And God is ready to transfer, and it, God is willing to transfer grace. So that there are people here who have who carry grace. I remember recently I was bathing and God told me, Albert, go to this couple. And I didn't hesitate because I knew that God has a particular grace He wants to release from those couple to me. So then I will tabernacle myself around them like the way Joshua did. I will do it. I will fix my eyes and be focused. I receive until then, I'm not done yet, and that is how we do. That is how we receive mantles, that's how we receive grace, that's how we receive anointing. So, if yes, sometimes God will connect you to a certain person. Every person is a man of God, Whether a person is a woman or a man. Any person is a man of God, is a person ordained by God. God can just connect you to maybe Pastor Randin, God may connect you to just um, 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 this woman of God. All that you need to do is to just listen, focus, watch, follow, serve. In Africa, we, sometimes we even go very radical. Sometimes if, if I know that my God is saying that, Albert, there is a grace upon maybe Deb that you need to receive. Oh, okay, God, thank you very much. The next day, I'll go to Deb's house. Oh, Auntie Deb, do you have any clothes for me to iron for you? Do you have any clothes for me to wash for you? In fact, do you want me to even babysit uh, your children for you, I will gladly do wherever she goes, they will be fo- I will be following till so, she continually declare blessing. I bet you are blessed, I bet you are blessed. Thank you, but I'll continue to follow. Thank you, I'll continue to follow. So, when the time is due and I pick up my the, I pick up the cross and I am moving, you see certain grace that I am working with that are unusual, but you realize that they walk in such kind of grace. You're like, ah, it seems like Albert has spent some. Fellowship some time with there before. Yes, I have. Because I had God. And I pursued. And I, I don't care what you, you say about her. You can say all sorts of things. Yes. Sometimes I'll even end up shutting you up. But then I know what God wants me to get from her. Because it is meant to lead another generation. When we get to know these secrets. And we work with this discipline. God will shift us to another level. Yes, the Holy Ghost is there. God is always ready to fill us with His Spirit. God is always moving in us. But let me tell you, sometimes hands need to be laid on you. Sometimes words need to be spoken unto you. Sometimes mantles need to be transferred unto you. And that will cause a paradigm shift. I want to tell a certain story, a certain testimony, because my time is due. And I'll close. I I wanted to pray. But I wasn't very good at praying for long. Maybe when I pray, like 20 minutes, 30 minutes, I'm short of words. So, oh God, yeah, 20 minutes. hey, 30 minutes. God, you know my words are finished. You let's make it another day. But then one day I went for a worship service. And there was, there was a man in Ghana who prays a lot. And his name is called Robert Ampia Kofi. Reverend Dr. Ampia Kofi. And when this man is praying, when he says, Oh, come and leave, just thank God so that we can close. That can be like three another three-hour session prayer. So one day this man was ministering and I was there. I was like, God, ah, I need to receive this grace to pray. So whatever this man was doing, I was so connected, ready to receive of God from him. And I was praying and praying. So when this man was done, I went and I said, Oh, sir. Thank you. It was a powerful minute. I was blessed. Can you please pray for me? He just laid his hands on me and said, Albert, you are blessed. Go in the name of the Lord. I said, thank you. I went home. The next day I said, oh, let me go and pray. As usual, my 30 minutes prayer. I went to my knee, started praying. I prayed one hour. Two hours. I didn't know time was going. Three hours. I was tired. When I woke up, when I, when I was done with the prayers, I was like, ah, I caught it. From that time, my prayer life changed. Hallelujah, somebody. How hungry are you to get the mantle? It depends on your discipline. Let's be upstanding. Shall we be upstanding? Shall we be upstanding? Just begin to pray. God, endow me with any grace that you want to fill me with. And God, if there is any person like Elijah and Elisha that I need to connect to, so that, Lord, there can be another shift in my ministry, there can be another shift in my Christian life, God, just open my eyes and grant me the ability, the discipline to be able to receive. Can you lift up your hands and pray unto God? if maybe there is someone here that the person walk in some grace that you want that grace upon your life even a double portion of it just pray unto god it might be a desire god is laying on your heart some of us are looking for healing gifts oh Rabba prophetic grace some are looking for diverse and serious unique anointing just lift up your voice and raise your hands into the heavens and pray unto god god is leading you and connecting you to that person in the mighty name of Jesus, though God is God but he uses men to bless men. just lift up your voice and pray somebody, just two minutes just pray uh, how hungry are you 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 Brandessa Lebron da Barraco de Leadosa, Era Babaya Coroba Barriandesa, Lebrandesca Parandella Corribadi, Lebradea Coruba Babasa, Lebron da Sacade Roda Brandesa, Dada How hungry are you? This young man standing here is a product of many hands that have been laid on, and many blessings that have been spoken on and many mantles that have been released on. And I know when I talk about mantles, and I know when I say that, I know that I have received an anointing from this man of God or this woman of God by the grace of God. And beloved, if we walk with this understanding, we will be a generation that will continue a course and shift it to another level. For the Bible will that for the latter rain shall be greater than the former. Father, we thank you We bless your name. There is somebody here with a problem with their left ear. Like you sometimes have pains in your left ear. But I see a hand touching your ear right now. And I see God healing you of that left ear pain. And as your ear is being healed, God is restoring balance into your system. And everything in your life is beginning to fall in place. I see someone. I see three ladies here. Mostly when you go to your bed, you cry and you weep because your eyes are set on something that you think that the time has passed and that you would not get it. But God says, I should tell you it is enough for he has seen you even in, your, in those times in your closet in your, and in the time that you are crying and he has already done it. It is yet to be manifested. Tonight when you go home, just give praise unto God for he has done it. Hallelujah, somebody. Father, we thank you. We bless your name. We exhort your name. We thank you for covering our children and our our sons and daughters. We thank you for covering us with your glory. And Lord, we are yours. We bless your name. In Jesus' name. Amen. So if you are here and you need prayers or anything specifically on your heart or anything based on the word of God that has come, you can come. And I believe that God can use me as a vessel to bless you. Amen.